All right. You enjoy all that good singing. Let's take our Bibles, if you will, and turn to John's Gospel and chapter number 11. Certainly have enjoyed the uh, services thus far. Really enjoyed the music, fellowship with your pastor, Brother Tim and Parker. Had a good time over there, straightened out all the world's events, so everything ought to be okay from here on out. Um, I uh, have pondered about being with Jim and Mary. That goes back a lot of years, uh, when you go back to when we first met, and uh, it's amazing how quickly time Moves on. Somebody said time's like a roll of toilet paper. The more you roll, the less you got. So I guess that's the less we got. Kind of reminds me of the uh, thing about the stages of aging. Have you heard that? Four stages to aging. The first one is when you were very young and you believed in Santa Claus. Then you grew some, got older, found out there wasn't no Santa Claus. Then you got married and have youngins, had youngins, you became Santa Claus. <laughs> and then the last stage is you started looking like Santa Claus. <laughs> I think that's where some of us are. (laughs) There's several Santa Clauses here tonight. (laughs) I want to look here in verse number 39. If you have the words of Christ written in red, we're only going to read that in that verse. And then we're going to go down to verse 44 and read that which is written in red there. I'm going to preach tonight on the goings and comings of Christ and the expectations of his work, or could I say work expectations. Notice what the scripture said in verse 39, take ye away the stone. And then in verse 44, loose him and let him go. Now we understand that this chapter is about Lazarus. He's sick. They have sent word for him to come to, for Jesus to come to Bethany. And it emphasizes his motions in that direction. He's going there to do a work. As a matter of fact, anywhere he shows up, he's there because there's something he wants to do. That's why he came to where I was. He wanted to do something. That's why he came to where you are. And that's why he still moves in this hour in his goings and comings because he's still got work that he wants to do. Notice the Bible tells us Let's begin in verse 1. We'll read down a few verses and then skip on. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus, chapter 11. 
John's Gospel, Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Mary, or Mar- Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord and with anointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days, still in the same place where he was. And then after that, he saith to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. He's on the move. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? And he answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith to them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I Go, that I may wake him out of sleep. Then his disciples said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Albeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there for the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. And then in verse number 17, the Bible said, and when Jesus came, he found that he had been laying in the grave for four days. Verse 20, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. Verse 34, the Bible said, and said, where have ye laid him? This is Jesus. They said unto him, Lord, come and see. And then we come to the two verses that I read to you. I'm interested in this Christ of movement. Uh, The Bible said in John 6, he came down from heaven. Acts 1, he went back to heaven. That's not only the process of our life, but that's the process of the life of Christ in this world. He was going and coming. He went and he came. But it is on this day and for this purpose, he comes with a mindset of doing a work. And they are expecting him to come. They have asked him to come. They need him to come. They want him to come hurriedly. They want him to come miraculously and they want him to do a work totally. But when we come to the verses that I read to you in the beginning, how surprised they must have been that the first words that come out of his mouth was directed toward them. And in speaking to them, he says to them, take ye the stone away. 
I don't know that they were expecting that. I'm sure that they were kind of shocked that somehow they were going to be involved in something and did not know why. But Christ, Christ has come to do a work, but in a way they did not expect. More times than not, Christ will come to do his work, but you won't expect it to be done the way he's going to do it. And with that thought in mind and his goings and comings and the expectations of his work, I want to say four or five things. The first thing that I want to emphasize, and I'll use that word expect, I want to to emphasize that you need to expect that if you want God to do something, he may ask you to do something first and then last. Understand that nowhere does God ever work alone. He always employs someone in what he's about to do. What God does for eternity will take up some of your time. What God does that is miraculous will involve the ordinary, mundane, and the everyday. Everything that Jesus ever did involved his humanity. And it still involves humanity. He's going to work, but it could be before he dies What he's going to do, he's going to ask you to do what he wants you to do. There are stones everywhere hiding folks in darkness, lifelessness, sinfulness, hopelessness. Someone will have to have somebody to roll that stone so that he then will do his work. He has a work for you to do. He has a work for me to do. And if we will obey him and his command to move whatever that stone is that he has given us the ability to do, then he can further do the work that only he can do. Expect, I say to you, that if you want God to do something, he's probably going to involve you in what he is doing. Someone will have to move the stone, maybe by prayer. Someone may have to move the stone, maybe by a measure of forgiveness. Someone may have to move a stone by their giving. Someone may have to move a stone by their love. Someone may have to move a stone by their faithfulness. But understand, somewhere in the workings of God, you will find you. Because God wants us to be a part of what he is doing. 
Oh, I understand he could do it all on his own if he so chose to do or if he wanted to do it. But he's not going to do it that way. If he's going to split the Red Sea, Moses is going to have to raise the rod. If he's going to send the rain, then Elijah is going to have to do some praying. If he's going to feed the multitude, somebody's going to have to carry the bread. If he's going to turn the water into wine, somebody's going to have to fill the water pots. If he's going to bring the walls of Jericho down and he can, somebody's going to have to march around those walls. If you expect him to do something, if you desire for him to do something in your life, listen intently. There may be something that he wants you to do first. Roll the stone away. What? We got a man's dead here. Can't we get down to business? You, you can raise the dead, but you can't move a stone. Yes, he can. But he's not going to until you roll the stone away. And I don't know. It could be. It could be. That if they had not obeyed and listened to his voice and moved that stone away, I don't know. Poor old Lazarus may still be in that grave. But thank God they did what he wanted them to do so that he could do what he knew that he could do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In your everyday living of goings and comings when we cry out for Christ and we want him to do something, listen, listen. He may speak to you first and say, hey, I'll do what you want me to do if you'll do what I tell you to do. Secondly, we'll just step down through this. Expect that if he asks you to do something, as he does here, if he asks, I'm talking about work expectations, not quite like you thought it was going to be. What? You want me to do something? I thought this would just need all of God. (laughs) and none of me. (laughs) Expect that if he asks you to do something, it's because he's got something he wants to do. Now understand that whatever it is that he wants you to do, though at the point in time it may seem massive, It may even seem as though that it's embarrassing. Or maybe it might even be illegal. Who knows? Has anybody else moved a stone away? Have we checked into this? Have we got the committee together and talked it over? You mean just out of the blue, you want us to just go up there in public and roll a stone away when everybody knows what's inside. Behind that stone, there is a dead man. Yes, he's asking you, roll the stone away. 
But as great as that may seem at the point in time of which he acts it, it is minimal in comparison to what he's fixing to do. Oh, the joy and jubilation of realizing that if he comes to you and says, this is what I want you to do. Oh, I wonder what he's going to (laughs) do. Oh, I want you to move a rock, but if you'll move a rock, I'll move a soul. If you get that which hides darkness out of the way, I'll bring light and I'll bring life. If you do that which is little that you can do, I'll do something big, children. No, there's a whole lot of big that we need for God to do. But it may be involved, may involve us being willing to listen and do the little he wants us to do. He wants you to participate in the moving and the loosing and the sitting of things free. Now, the question is, again, what's going to happen? Truth of the matter is, if we cry out and say, well... God ain't doing nothing. (laughs) Well, it may be because you're not doing something. That works in both ways. Well, I hadn't seen God move. (laughs) Or maybe he's waiting on you to move. Expect. And if you want God to do something, he may ask you to do something first. I know that's a little, it seems a little odd, but it's the way it's got to start. It's got to start where he says start. Get that stone out of the way. I'm not moving it. (laughs) God's not going to raise that rod. He's going to let Moses do that. Jesus is not going to fill the water pots with water. He's going to let them do that. Cast the net on the other side, boys, and then I'll get you some fish. But oh, the excitement of what Moses saw when he did what he was told to do. The excitement of what Peter saw when he did what he told him to do. The excitement of being able to witness what God Almighty can do in his bigness if we'll only do what we are asked to do. It may be a simple prayer. It may be a telephone call. It may just be a visit. It may be just hugging somebody's neck. It may be as much as forgiving someone. Who knows? But honey, I want you to know big things can come out of that. Expect that if you want God to do something... (laughs) He may ask you to do something first. Expect if he asks you to do something, it's because he got something he wants to do. I pastored for 22 years, the last church 18 years, in the beautiful mountains of North Carolina. And I told the people, this is where I want to die. I just want to finish out my ministry here. But then the Lord came to me and began to work in my heart. And tell me 
that he had something else I was going to have to do. I did not want to be an evangelist. I did not want to spend my time on the roads. I preached while I was pastoring, but I didn't want that full time. I loved where I was at. And so I fought it for two solid years. Whew, I don't recommend that. But as I go to bed at night, it would come across my, I couldn't preach on Abraham. Every time I did, I got under conviction so bad. <laughs> Abraham, follow me. I mean, and the thought came to my mind, what am I missing <laughs> that I could witness and see if I just do what he wants me to do? It just eat inside of me, realizing that God wants something bigger that he was going to do in my life if I would just trust him. I even told him, I said, Lord, you know I ain't good enough preacher to survive in evangelism. He said, well, I know that. <laughs> That's why I'm going to take care of it. I thought I'd have to buy a sign that said, we'll preach for food. <laughs> but I couldn't stand it. I couldn't. Finally, I yielded. Because in my heart, I had to see what he had in mind. And don't you know, gloriously, when this day is over, I don't know how many moved that stone. I don't know who it was. But don't you know that they thanked God as they looked at Lazarus living and much alive because somebody pushed and shoved and rolled the stone away. the third thing I would say to you is expect that the something he asks you to do, whatever it is, will be all of the something that he will want you to do in that occasion. All right? You understand this? Move the stone. And that's it. Move the stone. That is the something he wanted them to do. Don't you love the clarity of what God wants you to do? And by the way, it, they didn't just run out there and roll a stone. That wasn't their idea. They never even thought of that. They got a word on it. You don't need to be doing anything unless you get a word on it. The worst thing that can happen is to reason someone or convince someone of something you think they need to do for the Lord, you will have destroyed their life and made them miserable. There is a word for what he wants you to do. Woo, don't you love it when he gives you a word? So that there is no question that the reason why you're doing this, it seems stupid is because you've been told to do it. And so they do, they get there, and they put their energies into it. Somebody said, well, how long does it take to roll a stone? Just as long as it takes. And for whatever he wants you to do, it'll take as long as it takes. 
and they roll that stone away. But once they have pushed that stone, once they have moved that stone, their job is done right here. They don't need to haul off and get spiritual and think, well, you know, since I've done that, I might be able to do a little more. And run inside. I found this to happen. I've got to be careful. Run inside. Now, you've done what you're supposed to do. Then run inside and start trying to do what only he can do. Let's run in there and get old Lazarus and grab him by the feet and pull him out. You resuscitate him and fan him and we'll get him good. No, 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 no. You stay out of there. You got no business touching that body. You can't do that and bring life to it. Only he can do it. (laughs) The satisfaction is knowing that I have been sent here this week with a purpose of declaring you what his word says. And when I get done with that, I get in my car, drive up the road and say, God bless what you told me to say. And my job is done. It is over. Now tell you something else. Don't get in your mind that you're going to go into the stone rolling business. I'm going to start moving stones. I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to get me some support and I'm going to move every stone I can move. Well, the only problem is if you move the stone, you've got a dead body in there and he ain't there to touch that dead body. So what you're doing is in all of your effort of trying to help God out in areas that he doesn't need your help is you're leaving a whole lot of stench and a whole lot. That's religion in this hour. People so active in areas that they got no business touching. Get your hands off that. (laughs) Only my voice that commanded you to roll the stone away, only my voice will get him out of there. But my voice can bring him out of there and does bring him out of there. Expect that if you want God to do something, he may ask you to do something. Expect that if he asks you to do something, he's got something that he wants to do. But expect that the something he asks you to do is all the something you need to be involved in doing in that matter. And then I would say to you, expect, expect that the something he asks you to do will never be about the something. It'll always be about the someone that told you to do something. In other words, this is not about a stone. No need to make a monument out of that stone now so that folks can worship basically in front of it. That stone is simply there so God, Jesus, could use it in his resurrection of Lazarus to bring glory to God. The stone's not what's important. Let's not make, as I say, a monument out of the stone. Or get us a plaque. Wouldn't that be nice? Get you a plaque and put on it and put everybody's name on it that rolled it away. 
Nobody's going to know that. I have no list of anybody's name until we get to heaven for sure. But that don't matter. That's not what it's all about. It's not about the stone. It's not about the men that rolled the stone away. We don't know who they are. It's not even about Lazarus. You say, well, who's it about? It is about he who is the resurrection and the life. It's all about Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, if you're doing a work for him and he's told you what to do, the finishing touches of it will do one thing, magnify the one that called you to do it. It will bring honor and glory to God. And oh, don't you love it? Don't you love it when you can see what God can do out of a life that is submitted to do what he wants them to do? It is about Jesus. That's what I love about worship. I've come to this meeting this week, thus in these three services, And everything about these services has said one thing to me, (laughs) Jesus. I've enjoyed your singing. I've enjoyed your presence. I've enjoyed the fellowship before and after the service, except for tonight I was a little late, but I've enjoyed enjoyed it all. But I'm going to tell you, the big thing about what I've experienced here, it has taken me to him, and that's what it's supposed to do. The something he tells you to do will never, ever be about the something. It don't need to stop there. It'll be about the someone that told you to do something. So that when you finished your task, he is the one that is exalted. I'm talking about work. It's just not about what they expected it to be. But then I would say to you, as I look at this moving of this stone, expect. Are you getting this? Expect. (laughs) That the something he asks you to do may never stop doing something once it's done. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep that stone a-rolling. You say, what do you mean? Well, this happened 2,000 years ago. They didn't know that at Victor Baptist Church here in July that a preacher would be preaching out of this, which now is a text that they didn't know. And that there would be people sitting under the sound of his voice or that could get their own Bible and read the experience of what Christ did as they rolled that stone away and he brought Lazarus out and showed them that he was the resurrection and the life. And I wonder how many sinners have heard this text preached and as a result of that have trusted the resurrection and the life and become children of God down through the years. It happened 2,000 years ago but that stone still rolling and I'm going to tell you something what you do for God is not just in time but it is for eternity
eternity. It will keep on moving and having its effect. I thought about that with Brother Jim. They said Brother Jim was so old that he wanted to date Moses' sister. And her mother said that she was too young. He'll settle that tomorrow. We're going to eat together. (laughs) But I thought about Brother Jim, 27 years old, when he preached to my heart. And then around that time, began to have children. It was a submitted heart that trusted Christ, surrendered to preach. That many years ago. But now here we are, 55, 56 years, this side of that, and it's still moving. And then have you heard the children sing? And have you seen those grandchildren pity-patting around here? What I'm saying to you is, it didn't start with Brother Jim. They was somebody else that, God used to touch his life. And then him touching the lives of his children, now his children touching the lives of others and touching your life and my life. It's something that just keeps on rolling. I was, it's so important that we listen to what he tells us to do so he can do what he wants to do. I was preaching in Alabama, not far from the house. The end of the service, I was in the back, and most had left, and there was a gentleman there at that point in time we were talking. And he was 81, 82 years old. I asked him if he had been a part of that church for a long time. He began to share with me. He said, no, sir, I didn't get saved until I was 69 years old. I'm talking about that stone keeps moving. And he said, let me tell you how it happened. I was interested in that. I said, okay. He said, I live not too far from here. And he said, uh, I had retired. And he said, I had uh, become, uh, uh, in other words, he said, all I wanted to do was deal with antiques. I loved antiques. I bought and sold and traded antiques after I retired. And he said, I was coming out this road and I looked up on the hill and he said, there at a man's house was what I'd been looking for for a good while. Wagon wheels, old antique wagon wheels. He had two of them, one on each side of his drive. So he said, I told my wife, I'm just going to point up in, pull up in there and talk to him about them wagon wheels. And he said, I pulled up. said, the man, as it was, was out there in the yard, and we cordially talked to one another. And I said to him, sir, I noticed you got these two wagon wheels here, and I've been looking for some just like that. And I, I wondered if you'd be interested in selling. He said, the gentleman said, well, I hadn't thought about that. He said, I like them pretty well. And he said, then he paused and he said, but let me ask you a question. He said, yes, sir. He said, do you go to church anywhere? 
He said, no, sir, I'm not a church goer. Never have been. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. If you come to my church just up the road here, Big Springs Baptist Church, Sunday mornings, all you'll have to do is come Sunday morning, you can come back by here and I'll give you these wagon wheels. He said, really? He said, yes, sir, they'll be yours if you'll come. He said, I just, I didn't have anything to say. I just mumbled around and got my car and drove off and my wife said, well, is he going to swap and trade on them wagon wheels? He said, no. He said, I thought, I said, no. He wants to give them to me if I'll come to church Sunday morning. Well, she said, that ain't going to hurt you. You don't ever go to church, neither one of us. So why don't you do it? He said, well, she convinced me. He said, I whirled around, pulled back. I said, mister, are you serious about these wagon wheels? Yes, sir, dead serious. You can have them. If you'll come Sunday morning. He said, so I went to this church. His church was saying, he said, I sat right back there. It was back in the back. Full intention of getting in there and out as quick as I could and getting my wagon wheels. But he said that preacher got up and got to preaching. And he said, I don't know what happened, but he said, I got under conviction bad. He said, matter of fact, I couldn't wait for him to get done and said, as soon as he did, I ran down to the altar now. 69 years old. And said, I got saved and said, I didn't know it. But when I got up, my wife had gotten saved over here. I thought about that. That's a pretty good deal. Two old wagon wheels saving that man and that woman. Ain't that amazing? But that wasn't the end of it. He said, and preacher, not long after I got saved, there was... A missionary come through here and said what he would do was set up churches to print or put together, staple together gospels of John to be sent around the world. They needed somebody to be over that and he said, well, I think I will. And he said to this date now, since he was 69, he's 81 or 82, he said to this date, preacher, with a tear in his eyes and a gleam, He said, we've sent out of this church over a million copies of the gospel of John. I said, hallelujah. Only heaven is going to reveal what two wagon wheels can buy. (laughs) Two old sinners brought into the kingdom of God for two wagon wheels. And then a million copies of the gospel of John and only heaven will reveal those who got a hold of those copies in the different places of the world and no doubt many who believed on Christ to find out when they get to heaven it was because somebody wanted to give away two old wagon wheels to get a sinner into heaven. Two wagon wheels, and I'm here to tell you, they're still working around the world. A stone rolled away, and it's still rolling and touching lives in this hour. Just roll the stone away. My wife, 
I'm probably going to wait until she comes sometime to sing for you. I can't sing without her. I can't sing much with her. But when she was seven, eight years old, she was interested in the piano. They had an old upright piano in the house that her older sisters used to play. So she'd just plunk on it and do the best she could, but her sister that was much, much older than her lived in Johnson City, but she'd come home every weekend. And she told us, she said, Now, Esther, I'll tell you what I'll do. Every song that you learn, I'll give you 25 cents. So she would work as hard as she could to make sure that at least she would have one song down by the time Mary got there and she'd get 25 cents. Do you know that you could have four good songs for a dollar? <laughs> huh? You could have 40 for $10. 400, honey, in the, I mean, for a hundred dollars. 400 songs for a hundred dollars. Can you beat that? <laughs> and little did Mary know that God would save that young lady, pair her up with me, and she was doing it, playing for choirs and stuff before I even met her. And we cross this country and in every church in some fashion or form, she is playing and singing those 25 cent songs. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, if she's in the meeting, I always use her, I always use her for my invitation. Somebody said, why? Because I preach a lot of duds and she can get up there on that piano and pull out a 25 cent and people began to move. And only God knows how many have come and wept their hearts out listening to a song that a sister paid her 25 cents. It just keeps on moving. And your obedience and listening to him so that he can do his work if you will do your work. We'll never stop working because God's work is never done. It just keeps on moving. Now, a couple other things. Expect <laughs> that if you and the Lord are on the same page, And you want the same thing done, hell nor high water can stop it. Isn't that amazing? You know why they rolled that stone away? They wanted him to bring Lazarus out of there. You know why he wanted them to roll the stone away? He wanted to bring Lazarus out of there. They both got on the same page and honey, what you would have never believed happened. Lazarus came forth. It's just you and him agreeing on what he wants done and then move out of the way because he can do it. If you and him want it done. <laughs> See, Abraham 
wanted an Isaac. But who else wanted an Isaac? Well, I know Sarah did, but who wanted an Isaac more? Who was it? God. <laughs> he said, Abraham, I think I'm going to give you an Isaac. He said, I want an Isaac. He said, well, it's going to happen. God wanted rain. Wanted to send rain. And Elijah wanted rain to come. They was on the same page. And guess what happened? Rain came. Oh, let him softly and tenderly talk to your heart to get you into being a part of what he is doing. Last thought. Expect that if you are alive as Lazarus became and you have experience the light of God shining into your darkness. God used somebody to roll your stone away. Somebody prayed. Somebody witnessed. Somebody gave to get that gospel to you. Somebody preached. Somebody loved. <laughs> I'm not saying it was easy. <laughs> I'm not saying it was all real healthy when they did it. But he said, move that stone away and you could probably hear the grunts. <clears throat> we can't stop, boys. We've got to get it out of the way. If we're going to see what he's going to do, let's just go ahead and do what he wants us to do because we can do it. <laughs> Listening to his voice and finding out what is it you want me? You know, you know what people think preaching is? Waking up one morning craving fried chicken and you don't want to go to work. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's when Jesus comes by and says, preach. I want to shine some light in dark places. I want to give some light and bring forth life. Preach. Pray. Give. Love. Worship, sing, <laughs> roll that stone away because behind that stone may be one of your young ones. One of your neighbors that needs the light and the life. All it's going to take. And he can do it if you'll just move the stone. Let's stand. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we thank you.
your goings and comings and how that you work. To accomplish that that is beyond our comprehension. Little did anyone know what was going to happen on this day. And certainly they didn't know that it was going to begin with what they were supposed to do. Help us tonight to yield our time, our energy, our days, our lives to whatever you want done so that you can do eternal works in the lives of those around us. In Jesus' name and for his sake, we pray. Lord, I need you to do something. Is anybody here tonight? Raise your hand and say, boy, there's some things I sure wish the Lord would do. Would you raise that hand? I'd love for him to do it. Well, just listen real close. He may begin by saying, well, I've been waiting on you to do something first. We can, get, we can handle this if you'll just go ahead and do what your part is. It'll be small and insignificant compared to what he's going to do. But oh, don't you want him to do something? Listen to his voice. I've come to do something. But here's what I want you to do. Why don't you just come tonight and say, Lord, I, I do want you to do something. I'll just open my heart for what you want me to do. If it begins with me, then so be it. If my son or daughter getting right with you begins with me, show me where the stone is. I'll go to pushing my marriage and how it goes. If it begins with me, show me. Show me. Speak to me. So much darkness hid by the stones that possibly God could use us to pray away, push away, forgive away, love away, give away.